Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We've got uh, some very interesting news to cover on today's episode. There is just tons of information coming in from jobs report, from attacks around the world, geopolitical tensions, just everything is up in the air, right? We were talking about a lot of these problems last week, and uh, we're going to continue talking about them today because it involves our money and our investments. So uh, that's what I got for you on this uh, Monday morning episode. I am a little bit late getting this one out. Uh, so sorry if you guys like to listen, uh, you know, Sunday night uh, around the world, if uh, you're getting that early Monday morning, uh, it is a little bit um, delayed today. I uh, just had a busy weekend, you know, four or five soccer games, which en- encompass pretty much all my weekend and then getting stuff ready for the uh, the flip house for today. I'm going to get out of here and then go work on that and uh, get some more things put together, get the uh, the bathrooms back put to put together. Some flooring put down, you know, ins out, ins and outs of all that is going on over there. So I'm getting pulled in every which direction. But uh, the market continues, even though it is a uh, a holiday, at least uh, for uh, one of my kids that is out of school today for Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day uh, here in the U.S. Anyhow, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead. We've got uh, you know this attack that happened over the weekend with uh, Israel getting attacked. And uh, that is um, definitely an unprovoked thing. They're not happy to see it, but uh, it does affect a lot of our defense names, uh, a lot of the stocks that we watch over there. Uh, So hopefully we can get that situation under control and uh, eventually move forward from that. But it is affecting uh, a lot of the defense contractors early this morning, and uh, they are moving up, you know, pretty heavily on the fact that uh, there's more crisis around the world. Which does make sense, right? We uh, we've definitely seen these stocks sell off, and even before this happened, I was taking notice of uh, Lockheed Martin and some of the moves that they were making, and really the fact that the stock has really slumped over the past uh, I don't know three six months. I'm going to try to pull up the chart here, but uh, this was definitely one of the ones that I've kind of had my eye on. Uh, one that I thought with the the tensions that were around the world already, it didn't really make sense to be selling off. We still had a lot of demand out there. So that is uh, certainly one that I was uh, really had on a, a watch list of my own here to see if it's going to be a good spot to add some more after this uh, this sell-off. And for a couple reasons, I was kind of uh, debating whether or not the growth is enough for you guys. But uh, I believe that it is just oversold. Uh, this, the actual growth of the company is mid-single digits, nothing to write home about. They do have a backlog of work. Uh, but I think a lot of uh, what I was looking at there was the fact that the the stock was just getting oversold. Uh, so that was definitely one that I was uh, keeping my eye on. Let me go ahead and pull up this chart now that I'm signed into my account here. And uh, let's see what they are doing today. Uh, yeah, we were $400 as of close on October 6th. And right now, pre-market 8 a.m. on Monday morning, we are $20 higher, 5% higher simply in pre-market. So hopefully this one does not get away from us. Uh, we did set the low last October on the 14th of uh, October at uh, 388. 
in past uh, this past April, we were at 508. So we came down from some of these highs, uh, trimmed about $108 off of it as of uh, Friday's low. And, uh, you know, we, we've got some PEs that make sense. We're sitting at a 14 and a half quarterly dividends. Uh, the, the dividend yield is about 3%. Uh, so about $3.15 per share that you're going to get paid every quarter for holding on to this stock. Uh, so that is uh, is all well and good. Uh, but I think that backdrop of, of what's going on here for Lockheed and for the other defense contractors around the world is certainly interesting, right? It's uh, it's definitely a, a crazy world, crazy times out there. And I don't think that this war machine is going to stop. I think we're going to keep having spending. Uh, you know, the billions of dollars that the U.S. has sent uh, Ukraine. I, I think the uh, support for that is kind of faltering. I think people just really want to... Uh, kind of get a direction of what's going on over there and just stop funding everything around the world. Just my two cents on it. But uh, L3 Harris, LHX, we were looking at that one a couple weeks ago, and uh, that one is also trading up about 2.75% uh, pre-market. So that's about $4.51 higher as well. PE is a little bit stretched higher on uh, LHX on the trailing 12-month. I believe it's much lower on forward. That was one of the reasons we were looking at this one a few weeks back. Uh, so I'm still watching these, all of them really, uh, to see where they go from here and really what the market gives us. Now, the next thing that I wanted to cover was the fact of the uh, the jobs report from Friday, right? We had a blowout number when it came to jobs. Uh, I believe we added uh, 300 and I know I got it in my notes here somewhere. It's just going to be a matter of me uh, me finding it. We added 300 and some thousand jobs, uh, and we were expecting to add around 170. So that was definitely uh, a big surprise, right? And that kind of came with a bunch of different uh, kind of caveats as to what we thought was going to happen. Let me get back over to this number. Up uh, 336, 336,000 uh, non-farm, non-farm payroll jobs were added in September, above expectations of 170,000. So definitely more people adding jobs. And uh, what do we normally think of when we were thinking adding jobs, right? Well, uh, strong consumer, uh, strong spending, uh, which generally makes uh, inflation go up a little bit more as people have more money. And uh, that would kind of lend the, the Fed to think that, hey, we got to you know do another rate hike in November. And normally that would be perceived as a bad thing in the market. But uh, we kind of reversed this trend on Friday, and people were pretty happy that uh, we actually had this blowout jobs number. We closed the market higher on Friday, and uh, it was just kind of really un, uh, unsure of what was going on there. So I was reading this article here on Yahoo Finance, and um, they're, they're saying that this could actually be a big help to the tech industry, right? Um, which doesn't really make sense. As rates go higher, normally tech goes lower. But uh, after we had Friday's blowout jobs report, uh, in the lead up to the report, the vibe among those on the uh, street was that uh, an upside beat for the jobs report mean a read through to higher inflation, right? So with higher inflation raises the specter of another Fed rate hike on November 1st. Treasury yields were still moving higher. I believe we're above 5% now on the 10-year. And... Uh, it is uh, just continuing to climb in advance of that, and markets uh, continue to just be beaten down, right? But uh, we actually had this reversal, and uh, with that, um, you know, we had the losses early morning, and then by the afternoon, we were back in the green. 
the gain in stocks came alongside another push up in treasury yields as i just said uh, some of the market's best performers were big cap tech names, uh, Apple, Microsoft, Salesforce, stocks that have taken it. Uh, the, the, a lot of the beating in this market actually uh, kind of turned that around. And uh, most of these stocks, uh, they hate when these yields rise rapidly. And, um, you know, the NASDAQ normally does not uh, perform well in that type of environment. Uh, so we're seeing uh, favorable action and beat up tech stocks. Uh, saying that uh, investors are willing to hunt for perceived value inside of uh, what is looking like a strong U.S. economy. Uh, so that's uh, that's one catalyst for tech stocks to actually move higher here. And uh, over the past year, right, we had a, a lot of scare in uh, kind of you know the the consumer, uh, a lot of recession fears, and a lot of these tech earnings fell by mid to high single digit percentages year over year. But uh, we might actually start to see uh, a turnaround there. Uh, we also saw a lot of these tech companies investing, right? What were they investing in? What was the talk of uh, Q1, uh, those two letters? That was AI. That is all we talked about all quarter. All earnings report was investing in AI. So now that was a big spend. So we had not as much income and we were spending to grow in that new area. And uh, now some of that AI spend might actually start to uh, produce some income on these uh, reports come 2024. So we're you know going from a uh, kind of slowdown in some of these numbers, uh, a lot of spending that is actually now going to position us in the tech market to actually see some gains going into 2024. Uh, plus the fact that uh, you know the the market for tech has been sold off. So you kind of put those three things together and it, it starts painting a picture of the, the fact that tech names could actually be the rebound winner for 2024. Uh, you know, there's definitely other names that I like as well. Ones that um, are going to be more stable. We've talked about them before. The utilities, healthcare, uh, some of those names in in REITs that kind of make sense that were a little bit oversold and, and investors really looking for yield. If and when that uh, that ten year treasury comes back down to earth, we will see what's going on there as well. But uh, I kind of wanted to point that out as I really haven't been talking tech names a lot here. And uh, another one that might actually have a bigger turnaround could be semiconductors in the world of tech. Right? We definitely had a, a lot of people saying that uh, the demand was not there, and then uh, you know we kind of got this resurgence of what is actually the. Uh, going to be a strong backdrop for uh, semiconductor names and a lot of the things that are being added. Yes, uh, mobile devices have dropped. Uh, laptops and computers have dropped. Uh, I do believe that they're going to be coming back. There is going to be a cycle of uh, spending that, uh, you know, three, four years past COVID, we're going to see people re-purchasing uh, a lot of these devices that they uh, purchased then that are now getting to be dated tech. They're going to be spending there. Uh, so I think that could be another industry that is going to actually be rewarded um, for a lot of the sell-off, but also demand that is not really as bad as what uh, it previously looked like, and uh, the U.S. economy remaining somewhat strong and adding more jobs than we had anticipated. Those, So those are a couple different uh, catalysts that I think could actually help the tech industry uh, kind of move forward, get past a lot of this lull that we had, and uh, you know, kind of move forward into 2024 with a strong pace. Uh, but we had a, a lot of other news as well. Let me uh, let me cover a couple of these stories while I've got you here. 
We've got uh, Walmart actually seeing a change in shopping demand for food as uh, people are taking Ozempic and Wagovi, which is uh, two uh, Novo Nordisk. Uh, the ticker is NVO. We were looking at that one probably a couple months back. They are saying that there is a slight decrease in demand for food at Walmart stores. Uh, and they're kind of citing that these two drugs are, you know, making people eat less. Uh, so that is definitely crazy out there that Walmart is actually seeing a change in trend uh, based on uh, what's going on over there. Now, with uh, the the chicken race, right, which we might not even know that uh, there's a race, but uh, KFC was number two. Uh, Yum Brands was number two, uh, only to Chick-fil-A. And now Popeye's has uh, actually bumped them out of that spot. So QSR has now moved into two and KFC is losing market share as uh, they are actually kind of pushing forward. We've got Rivian, right? We've got uh, the electric uh, truck maker. I just saw a couple. Um, sorry, I got uh, some text about uh, ABAT coming through. We've got uh, the electric truck maker Rivian. Uh, I saw two Amazon vehicles getting delivered the other day. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see those rolling out. And Rivian is expecting Q3 revenue uh, between $1.29 billion uh, to $1.3 billion. Uh, and that is up from numbers of 540 million from Q3 of 2022. So that is leaps and bounds of growth uh, in one year for Rivian, ticker R-I-V-N. Nice to see that. And uh, Disney, they uh, have, uh, or ESPN rather, uh, which is a Disney-owned uh, company, uh, got uh, exclusive broadcast rights to TGL. And that is the uh, the golf league created by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. So we'll see if they can actually do something with this. Hopefully, we can start generating some more revenue and Disney can get back on track here. It has been a very rough road for uh, you know us Disney shareholders. And let's see if that means anything to Disney stock this morning. Uh, we'll take a look at that one real quick. We've got um, yeah, about 1.5% of uh, movement higher today on Disney, uh, sitting at 84.18%. But uh, nonetheless, been a very rough road here for Disney. We are trading off some of the lows from early October, but uh, still well off the highs of 118 back in February. And um, let's see what the analyst research looks like right now on Disney, just because I'm curious. And uh, currently about 28 and a quarter percent of upside average price target coming in at 106.37. We've got uh, Adobe. They are expecting... Um, holiday sales to uh, continue to tick higher uh, in the tune of about 4.8% uh, to about $221.8 billion this holiday season spent on online uh, shopping. So we'll see if that uh, actually comes through, right? I don't, I don't know how they actually forecast that and predict as to how many people are actually going to open those, uh, those wallets and start spending. But uh, that is their projection for the year, is that we continue to spend more and almost about 5% higher than last year. We've got Citibank. This one needs to go ahead and do something for me. And they are actually kind of reorganizing, right? They're, they're in big talks right now, and they are reviewing staff to see who's going to stay, who's going to be laid off, and who's going to be reassigned to other parts of the company. Uh, and it is their biggest reorganization in decades. And we definitely need to see something happy happen out of Citigroup. And uh, this one has been painful for me as well. We're sitting at $40.09. Average price target around 51, about 26% of upside, which sounds great. 
And I just hope we can kind of get back to that number. It has been a uh, kind of dead money for a while. We are sitting at a five and a quarter percent uh, quarterly dividend on this one, uh, which also sounds great. But uh, it has just been kind of trending sideways or down for the past year. And uh, that's been kind of painful here on my portfolio. Trailing 12 months, PE is sitting at 6.4. But Bank of America not doing too much better as well. This one I really thought was going to rebound after a lot of these banking problems early in the year. And uh, we continue to move lower. We are at 25.80. And the low is uh, set at 25.47 on Friday. Uh, So let's see what the actual analyst research looks like here. Sitting at a quarterly dividend of around 3.7%. And analyst research coming through at 32% of upside, but they had a lot of loan losses that they were uh, um, actually predicting less uh, in the way of loan losses, and it's coming in higher than anticipated. So uh, they kind of get kicked down a little bit further. Now, going forward, we've got uh, Buffett, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. They are selling around uh, 3.1 million shares of HPQ. That's about $80.4 million of HP. Uh, and the Taylor Swift movie is actually setting records before it's even released. Uh, they have already sold $100 million worth of tickets for the Eras Tour movie, uh, and that has not even come out yet. That is uh, absolutely insane. We've got uh, Hyundai and Kia. They are actually adopting the Tesla chargers in the U.S. as well. So more people on the Tesla network and uh, you know an ever-growing uh, demand for EVs and EV chargers. And uh, we will see what happens there. I know Tesla also cut back some of the prices on the Model 3. Uh, I think the Model 3 performance went from like 53000 down to 50990 I want to say. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, some of the news that I got from uh, today, from this weekend. And really what I'm seeing out there, I still think that uh, there is a lot of demand, a lot of pent up demand to find value in the stock market. And uh, we're going to start unleashing some of that buying power uh, very soon, in in my uh, opinion. So I'm curious to see what you guys think. Get over to Let It Grow Investing uh, podcast on Facebook or the uh, Let It Grow podcast or Let It Grow Investing page as well. There's uh, there's two separate pages now, and uh, there should be links in the description for both of them. Uh, And uh, before we go to a quick quick break, just uh, remember to uh, like, subscribe, and share. I would definitely appreciate that as well. So as far as the investing challenge goes, we were looking at five names for week 41. If you are new around here, we are looking at five stocks every week that I am adding $200 uh, per week into uh, for our Webull investing challenge for Let It Grow. Uh, So that uh, means we're going to be adding about $10,400 every year in an attempt to uh, outpace the market and really uh, see some gains and really just uh, how, you know, Regular weekly buying can uh, actually help our portfolio and just uh, continue to build up some uh, some cash in a uh, portfolio here for us. Uh, so now uh, I've got the two different polls going. So I've got the Let It Grow Investing podcast page and then the investing page. That is the public group. Uh, when I looked at both of these, we have uh, decided on one winner here. Uh, but I did want to cover the other ones first. We've got uh, Nike. I was looking at this one as uh, the consumer seems to be strong. A little bit oversold conditions uh, on Nike and KE. Uh, that one is uh, still on my watch list as a name that uh, could potentially be purchased. Uh, the next one was going to be Coca-Cola, ticker KO, uh, for some stability uh, throughout this market. 
the following one was going to be SoFi. SoFi I was looking at as uh, on October 1st, the student loan repayments needed to uh, start taking place again. And I thought that could be a catalyst for that stock to go higher. Also, some more uh, loans being moved over or refinanced with SoFi as people were looking to uh, consolidate their debt into one uh, payment. Uh, so I thought that could definitely help SoFi as well. Uh, and number two was actually Costco. And man, I, I love this company, but it is always trading richly as uh, people really look to Costco as a uh, a stock that can really weather all types of economic uncertainty out there, whether it's recession, whether it's a boom, people are going to need to stock up on that food, you know, get things in bulk, try to find a discount. They did have some uh, some nice gains at their last earnings call. Uh, a lot of that was based on the price of uh, gas. And that was actually a big driver for growth for this past quarter. But you take that out, they were still mid single digits of growth. And uh, I just got a number in that was saying uh, Costco's numbers for September were up 6% year over year for sales. And that was at $22.75 billion uh, for the month of September for Costco. So a pretty, pretty nice gain there for them year over year. And uh, that one was not the winner. The winner is actually Deer. The ticker is DE. So thank you guys for voting for uh, for John Deere, and uh, we will continue to add uh, to our portfolio over there on Weeble. If you need help getting started an account, uh, please my, use my link in the description to uh, get some free shares and uh, start your uh, your investing journey along with us. So that's uh, the name of the week, and uh, they were trading lower. They were uh, low on the PE. the The forward guidance was uh, was pretty strong. And uh, I believe that we're still going to need this company for uh, building, for agricultural use, for everything that they are involved in. It seems like uh, they're kind of in a great spot in the way of demand for everything that is needed out there in this current environment. Uh, so thank you guys again for voting. And I will be adding $200 worth of DE deer into our portfolio uh, today around lunchtime. Uh, so now going forward, uh, week 42, what are we looking at? Uh, well, we are looking at um, some names that we added uh, last year. That's going to be the first one. We're going to see, is it worth adding into innovative industrial properties for week 42? Uh, now, they are a warehouse company that is going to be uh, pretty much right in the middle of the, uh, the cannabis industry uh, for a lot of different grow operations, warehouse operations. Uh, we've got about 9.8% of dividend yield on this name. They are going to be classified as a REIT, so they're going to pay out more in the way of dividends. But that does seem rather high, right? We've got uh, price targets on this thing of about 48% higher than where it currently sits. We've got uh, revenue growth for 23 coming in at 10.4%, and then only a very small single-digit uh, growth year for 24 coming in at 11.7% from uh, the two-year-ago period. Uh, so marginal growth for 24, but uh, pretty solid growth over the past two years. Dividend growth of about 10.8%. We have got uh, a forward PE coming in at a 13.2. That is a 55% discount to their historical five-year average. Their, uh, their trailing PE is definitely dropping. The price to sales 
He's coming in at a seven. We've got uh, the five-year average at a 17.1, and the commercial REITs industry average is a 6.5. Still, I think with uh, you know actual federal legalization, this stock could really take off. And uh, these uh, operations are definitely growing across the country. So uh, that is number one. Number two, I started alluding to at the beginning of the show with everything that's going on in Israel, and uh, that name is going to be Lockheed Martin. Uh, the ticker is LMT. We are sitting at 419 this morning after that uh, that big run up in price over the weekend. We've got about 3.14% of dividend yield. We've got uh, Trefis saying we've got about 28% of price analysis upside, about 13% of debt. Uh, they are saying that price estimate sitting at 513. I still think that the war machine is uh, as on and uh, and kicking out more problems throughout the uh, the world. I don't believe that this is going to slow down. I think we're going to continue to spend uh, around the world for uh, for safety or what is uh, perceived as safety. And uh, I, I don't think that this is going to stop anytime soon. We've got uh, Reuters saying, oh, their 20 analysts are saying about 23.5% uh, of price target upside uh, for an average of around $495. We've got, uh, as I said earlier, low revenue growth, right? The the numbers for 23 was a 1% revenue growth. For 24, it's only going up about another 3% for 4% of revenue growth over that uh, that period. Dividend growth, though, 7.3%. I like that number. That is definitely uh, a number I'm happy with on this uh, already decently high uh, dividend yield of about 3.1%. And uh, the dividend payout ratio is uh, is actually 44%. So right in that mix of where I like to see uh, that payout to know that we're getting enough to hold on to the company, but yet they can still bump up these uh, these dividend payouts up to around 60 uh, or 70% uh, to where we can actually see some higher payouts coming uh, in our future of our holdings of these companies. So that is uh that is well and good. We've got uh, forward PE at a discount to their five year average, which is a six percent discount, uh, sitting at a fourteen point seven, and uh, lower than the S and P five hundred, which is which is currently trading at an eighteen point nine. Forward peg ratio coming in at a one point two, which is lower than their five year average of a one point eight. Uh, so again, the lower that peg ratio goes the less we are paying for future growth, albeit there's not much uh, on the way of revenue growth. Uh, I do think that there is going to be pent up demand and trying to rebuild all the supply that we have lost, given away, uh, or supplied other armies with um, over the past couple of years here. So a lot of uh, future growth uh, expected. I think there's just a lot of backlog in the system still. Uh, price to sales sitting at a 1.5, lower than their five-year average of a 1.7, and the S&P 500 index average is a 2.3. Uh, also coming in under the aerospace and defense industry average of a 1.7. So uh, Lockheed Martin, I still think it's got a bright future. I think there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand, a lot of geopolitical problems that are, are not going to get resolved overnight, and uh, still more problems coming in the future. So that is going to be the first two, IIPR and LMT. Number three, let's uh, keep on moving. Amazon, right? Amazon, A-M-Z-N. Uh, why Amazon? Well, a lot of the things that I talked about earlier. We had uh, you know, definitely some, some trade-off, uh, people getting out of these names, out of a lot of the tech names. 
uh, thinking that they were going to be a little too risky with these uh, these rates rising and uh, potentially a slowing economy. Well, uh, rates are rising, but investors are still flocking to some of these stocks. And uh, I also think that we're going to have a lot of boom from a lot of the AI spend that they did earlier this year. Uh, the fact that they're in a lot of the areas that uh, you know consumers are still spending, we're not really getting that slowdown. We're getting more jobs. Uh, I still think that Amazon is a, uh, a great name here, right? We uh, came out uh, in September and we really took this stock higher up to 145. And then, uh, you know, with the rest of the market, it got uh, kind of, you know, cut back down. So we're sitting at 126 and nothing really has changed for Amazon. I think if it did, it went in the in the positive direction, right? We definitely had some good news come out from them. Uh, you know, more demand, more sales. Um, a lot of things going well for them and uh, continued just to get thrown out with the bathwater. You know what I'm saying? So we've got uh, Treffa saying about 12.5% of upside for a price estimate of 144. I'm guessing Reuters is actually higher than that. That is just my uh, my two cent uh, opinion here. It is a buy rating. Five-year return of 35.4%. Yep, Reuters is much higher. 46 analysts on Reuters. Coming in and saying that the average price point is $170 on the 12-month price target. That is 32.9% higher than where we currently are. I still really like this stock. I think it has been traded off. I know that they've got good growth coming in. We've got about 11% of growth on revenue for 23, 24% of revenue growth for 24. A stock that has been traded off when it shouldn't have been. And, uh, you know, a, an economy that is looking like we're going to remain strong. We are a 30% discount on forward PE. We've got price to sales at 2.4, uh, the five-year average being a 3.4. Uh, I think this is a, a name that uh, is going to continue to grow, continue to reward us. And uh, it's kind of been left behind after some really good numbers and really just because the market has been selling off a lot of tech names. Uh, so I think that this is another name that we could add to our portfolio for uh some nice returns going forward and uh, a lot of stability in, in our uh, portfolios as well. Uh, number four, I am looking at semiconductors. I, I said that I'm still looking at uh, adding some of these and I've definitely seen some consolidation in uh, Qualcomm. This one has uh, kind of cut back since uh, you know a lot of the highs back in February. We were sitting around 139. We had, uh, you know, a lot of the problems with the iPhone and losing some of that business uh, that had been uh, forecasted. We knew that that was coming. And uh, albeit enough, we've got uh, Qualcomm actually making those iPhone 15 chips until Apple gets that game together. They are still providing those. Uh, so that was kind of unforeseen. So we've got a lot of uh, revenue deceleration from the fact that uh, we weren't getting the growth or the, the sales from Apple. Now that is kind of coming back in. We've got a lot of people saying that there wasn't a lot of demand for semiconductors. I think that is kind of overblown. Uh, yes, we had a, a lot of auto sales in 21 and 22, uh, kind of more you know, subsiding in 23. But I believe that that market is going to be big for them. That is one of the areas they're looking to grow in. Internet of Things is definitely a place that they are looking to uh, see more growth. And they're definitely trying to find other end markets for them to grow into. Uh, we are sitting at uh, 109.57 uh, this morning. We are sitting a little bit down from our close on Friday. And uh, I definitely think that these semiconductor stocks 
are going to uh, come back fairly strong. Uh, so Trefis is saying about 20% of upside here, uh, 3% net debt. So pretty low there. We've got um, buy ratings on Reuters, 55% return on the five-year. We've got, um, what are we looking at? 23.6% of upside on price target from 28 analysts. And as I said, those revenue numbers are falling. Um, and that is a lot of the Apple problem. We knew that that was going to happen. So 23 is down actually 19%, but uh, we are rebounding up for 24, up 4% from those uh, those 23 lows. And uh, actually above the numbers for t- uh, 21 in both 23 and 24. But 22 is a very strong year for Qualcomm with a lot of the pent up demand that we had, a lot of supply chain disruption. Uh, so nice to see them getting back above those uh, those 21 numbers uh, after we declined so hard from 2022. Dividend growth, uh, 9.3%. Dividend payout, 41.5%. Uh, current dividend yield, about 2.9%. We are trading at a discount on forward PE, about 19%, uh, sitting at 13 times uh, forward PE. We've got uh, trailing PE coming in at a 14.5. Price to sales is at a discount as well. It's at a 3.2 versus a five-year average of a 4.6. The semiconductor industry average is a 7.1, so less than half of uh, the industry average on price to sales. And uh, that forward peg ratio is not available because we are not getting growth. It is still shrinking on the revenue. So we've got uh, that to kind of worry about. But uh, I think we're going to get around that hurdle and really do okay without Apple as a main customer of ours. Uh, So that is number four. Uh, Looked at some other semiconductor names. I was looking at AMD. Uh, I forget why I did not want to go with AMD. I looked at Taiwan Semi. didn't really see as much upside there. I really see that uh, Qualcomm has really sold off, and I think that it could be a decent entry point to get into the name. So number five, we're going to go back to a strong consumer, and uh, you know more jobs coming in than expected. We're going to probably have some more inflation. We've got more spend on credit cards, uh, and that name is going to be Visa. Ticker is V. Uh, so I am still bullish on a lot of the fintech names. Uh, I still like MasterCard, still like American Express. Uh, I do believe that for me, Visa is the winner in this space. And uh, high margins, they're going to do great in uh, in a recession as people are still going to have to you know, eat, right? We, we're going to see people putting those, uh, those payments on a card. And if we don't hit a recession and we have more jobs, people are going to still spend and uh, swipe that card. So I think that uh, Visa is well positioned here. For really whatever the market throws at them, their uh, you know labor rate is is not as big of a factor there. They aren't as labor heavy as a lot of other companies, uh, so I think that is also going to be a benefit to them. If uh, we do get higher inflation, uh, we're not going to have that major labor inflation number really hitting the staff of Visa. Uh, so we've got um, buy rating well in the buy rating, five year return of sixty one percent. We've got. About 18.7% of uh, price target upside, according to 35 analysts on Reuters. We've got growth of uh, 11.3% on revenue for 23 and 23.4% of revenue growth by the end of 24. We've got a dividend growth of 19.4%. That is a massive dividend payout ratio 
comes in at 22.8%. So we can see this number continue to grow on the dividend. They've got 8.3 times the dividend coverage. So they are able to pay this thing and uh, give us that raising dividend going forward. We've got um, 18% discount on forward PE coming in at a 24.7, showing that it is trading cheaper than where it normally does. We've got uh, trailing PE at a 29.8, lower than their five-year average of 35.7. Price to sales is high. It's 11.7, but it is lower than their five-year average of a 13.8. And we've got a forward peg ratio of a 1.7. That is lower than their five-year average of a 2.0, right in line with the S&P 500 at a 1.7 as well. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that are trading at a discount. We've got good dividend growth. We've got a strong consumer for now. Even if we don't, I think still think that through a recession, uh, Visa is going to do well. So there's a lot of reasons to look at a lot of these companies. We've got really high dividends in IIPR. We've got uh, you know a lot of geopolitical tensions and wars, and you know you know a lot of problems around the world for Lockheed Martin. Uh, the fact that it has sold off from some of those earlier this year highs of around 505, I think it was, uh, down to 420. Yes, we've uh, we've definitely got a bump up this morning. Uh, that could definitely settle out by the end of the week. We've got uh, Amazon. They they spent a lot on AI. They've got a, a strong consumer. They have still traded off from some of these numbers uh, that were coming in really hot in September. Uh, I still think that that one could be a strong contender for us. Qualcomm. Uh, in the semiconductor space that really uh, looked was looked at as having not enough demand and uh, oversupply of chips after we had that uh, chip shortage. Now we might have a chip glut. Uh, I still think they're going to rebound and do better um, going forward. They're getting a, a lot you know, more of a restructure here with not having Apple. They're really trying to find their own end market. Uh, I believe that that company is going to be oversold and due for a bounce. And then Visa, you know, coming in with uh, the fintech play. Uh, I continue to think that they have very strong margins. They're going to not be as affected by uh, labor prices uh, through inflation, things like that. And I believe that they are going to be uh, a strong uh, you know, benefactor of what's going on in the world in the way of people swiping these cards to you know, go ahead and live the life that they are used to living. So five names this week that I feel very strongly about. I've got all of them in one of my portfolios. IIPR, I think, is the only one that is only in the Webull portfolio for the uh, investing challenge and uh, still think that it can grow going forward as well. Analysts agree with that with, what, 48 or 50% of upside on that stock price. Uh, so it's a difficult uh, one to pick this week, but uh, get over to Let It Grow Investing or the Investing Let It Grow podcast page on Facebook. The link's in the description to get your vote in. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Thank you for stopping by, and I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal 
without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.